after 12 years of existence, after seven and a half years of searching, we started looking for land in the fall of 2004. We started sensing in the fall of 2004 that this building was not going to be big enough. Back at that time, we were still in one worship service, and so we began to sense that God was doing something, and we needed to start looking, and we started praying, and we started planning, and we started saving, and trusting God, and it's taken us seven and a half years, but finally, we're getting our own facility. Praise the Lord. And there's a lot to do. There's a lot to think about, a lot of logistics, a lot of practical considerations. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure how it's all going to happen, okay? I mean, we're thinking about it, we're making plans, and we're going to be trying to communicate that with you, but i got to be honest with you, we need you to pray about that, because really in the next couple of three weeks, I mean, we're going from here to there, and there's a lot of things that have to happen. But there's more to this than just the practical logistics of moving. And over the next few weeks together, as we kind of go through that transition, we're going to talk about that aspect together. We're going to turn to Joshua chapters 1 through 6. We're going to look at several passages in Joshua chapters 1 through 6. Joshua uh, verses or chapters 1 through 6 is a passage that is very critical in God's Word, very critical in God's work in many ways. And the title of the series is Moving Forward. And this time tonight, we're going to focus on Joshua chapter 1, and the title of the message is The Beginning of a New Day. And I want to relate it really to two aspects of our lives. I want us to think about, yes, we as a church family, we as a body of believers, we as a a group of people that God is working, has gathered together here as a church family, we're going somewhere together. But also, I want to think about ways that maybe God is calling you to move forward in your life. And so let's look at these verses together tonight. First of all, in verses 1 and 2, the Bible tells us there are times in our life when we come to a point that it's finally time to move forward. How many of us have some important things that have happened in our lives that are in our rearview mirrors? We have some things that are very important to us that were basically, what I'm trying to say, in our past. Now, some of those things are bad things, and maybe God is trying to say to you, you know what, I want to help you to find a way to move beyond those things and to find life beyond those experiences. Maybe some of those things are good things. Maybe you've had some wonderful experiences, and maybe God's trying to say to you, you know what, you need to have some new dreams. You need to look forward to making some new memories. Okay, so whether they're good things or whether they're bad things, my question is, Is God calling you to take a step forward, to move forward in your life? Because there are times in our life when it's time to take that step. Look at what happens here in verses 1 and 2 of Joshua chapter 1. It says in Joshua 1 verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. Now, let me explain what is, uh, what is going on here. Something significant has happened. First of all, who's Moses, okay? Who is this guy? Why is he important? What does the Bible say about him? Okay, well, somebody says, well, isn't he like the, the main guy in that Ten Commandments movie that comes on like once a year or something? Isn't he like the main guy? It seems like I, I remember hearing about him. Moses. Yeah, yeah, it is that guy, but he's actually more important than Charlton Heston, okay? This guy, actually, one author said this about Moses. 
He said it would be difficult to overestimate the importance of Moses. For 40 years, for four decades, this man had been God's leader for these people, for the nation of Israel, for the Jewish people. He had been their leader in religious, in domestic, in judicial, in military, and in civic concerns. The Bible says about Moses, Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 says that Moses was a very humble man. In fact, the Bible says that he was the most humble man in all the earth. Just a few verses after that, the Bible says that God spoke to Moses. And actually, the Bible says that God spoke to Moses during that time like he spoke to nobody else. Okay, we're talking about a guy that had something special going on here, amen? Okay, we're talking about a pretty special guy. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, the Bible actually says that God spoke to Moses face to face as a man would speak to his friend. That's what kind of guy Moses was. That's what kind of special role, special relationship that he had with God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 24 through 29, that Moses was one of the greatest men of faith that ever walked upon this planet. Okay, what it means by a man of faith is a man who trusted God. Okay, so when you're talking about Moses, you're talking about a man who trusted God as much or more than anybody that's ever been on this earth. I want to ask you tonight, have you ever had to follow someone else who came before you? Have you ever started a job and there was somebody who was a star in that job before you got there, okay? Have you ever been in a situation like that? Maybe have you ever entered into a family situation where maybe the family situation changed and maybe now you're serving in a role that someone else was serving in and now you're being compared to that other person. You ever had that happen? Maybe some kids here. You maybe you've been growing up in school and, and you know you go to class in Glens Falls or Queensbury or Lake Georgia and your teacher's like, oh, I taught your brother. Man, he was smart as a whip. Man, he really knew his stuff. I'm going to be expecting what? A lot out of you. Anybody ever gone through something like that? I remember when I started as uh, really uh, my first serious uh, uh, opportunity to serve the Lord when I got in seminary. I was serving as a youth pastor. And man, there was a guy in that church that when we went to that church, uh, Shannon and I went to that church because we loved the church. We felt called to be there. There was no youth pastor opening. I wasn't applying for any position. I thought that guy would be there the rest of his life. I mean, he was one of the best youth pastors I've ever seen. I mean, just an incredible guy. Well, he announced that God had called him to, to move in a different direction. And so the pastor met with me and said, Robbie, I really feel like that God maybe is, 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 is putting on my heart that you're the one to serve in that position. And I'll tell you, for about a couple of years, all I heard was Greg this and Greg that. and Well, Greg did it like this. And man, it was awesome when Greg was here. And man, I had to fight everything in me to say, well, why don't we just bring Greg back? Amen? Amen. Now, I never said that, praise the Lord. But it was hard sometimes. And here's what God's Word says about Moses. It says, this guy, he was pretty special. He was God's servant. And we might read over that. But actually, some have noted that this was actually a great honor for someone to be called in God's Word. In fact, someone has, has, has noted that Moses was called the servant of the Lord more than anyone else in the Scripture. Okay, so what we're trying to say is Moses had done some pretty good stuff, right? 
Okay, and he should be honored in a sense of he should be, we should look up to him. Let's put it that way, okay? This is a guy that we should look at and say, wow, there's someone to kind of model our faith after, okay? This is a very commendable man of God. But there's a very real transition that happens in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says this, it says, Now it came, to, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, there it is again, that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' servant. So now Joshua had been the servant of Moses in his service to the Lord. And the Lord says to Joshua, Moses is dead. Moses is gone. Joshua, this is a new time. There is something great that I did through my servant Moses But that's over. That's changed now. My purpose through Moses, the phase, the important role that he had, the foundation that he laid, all of that, that's behind us now. It's time for you and this people to move forward. And he really gives him that instruction in verse 2. He says, uh, throughout the rest of that verse, he says, Now, therefore, arise and cross this Jordan. He says, now, he says, he says, Joshua, I know you've got some great memories. You got to tag along. You got to ride the coattails of one of the greatest men that ever walked on the face of this earth. One of my servants. And you got to see some great things. But that's in the past. I'm talking to you when. I'm talking to you when, Joshua, right now. He says, now, since Moses is gone, now, therefore... And you kind of get the idea that that really, okay, God had done some things through Moses, but now that he's gone, therefore, he's kind of saying to Joshua, the next logical thing to do is to move forward, not to hang on to the past. It's okay, I worked through him, but the next logical thing to do is he's gone, now I'm going to do something else. And he says, by the way, I'm going to use you. He says, arise, get up. It is time for you to take on a new role. Joshua had been in a support role to help God's primary uh, man that he had leading that nation. He says, but now, Joshua, you the man. You're going to be the one that I'm going to use in that kind of way. And he says to Joshua, get up and cross this Jordan. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but actually... God was doing something special for Joshua. God was saying to Joshua, and Joshua clearly knew it. God was saying to Joshua, there was something that Moses could not do. Moses was not, and you can go back and read the story in Numbers chapter 20, write that down. Numbers 20 verses 9 through 13. Actually, Moses was not allowed to do what was just about to happen. Okay, God had done incredible things through Moses, but the Lord said, now Joshua... I'm doing something else, and you are going to be a part of something. Thank God for Moses, but you are going to be a part of something that even Moses could not have been a part of. I've got a plan for you, Joshua. The Bible tells us there are times in our lives that it's time to move forward. I want us to think about that for New Hope. Our church family has a short but incredible history. We've seen God work. Amazing. We've seen God provide. We've seen God heal. We've seen God heal people physically. We've seen God heal people spiritually. 
the great things the Lord has done. Truly amazing. Amen? Praise the Lord. And you know what? There is, there is a time to look back and say, God, we're impressed and we're thankful for all that you've done. But right now, we are at the beginning of a new day. We are going somewhere, literally. I'm going to tell you, in a few weeks, if you show up here, we ain't going to be here. Write down 454 Corinth Road, Queensbury. Put in your GPS. Go ahead and get used to it. Figure out the best way to get there from your house. Amen? Like I am. We're going somewhere, literally. But we're going somewhere, I think, even spiritually. They were going to the promised land. Now, I want to be a little bit careful about making a new building the promised land. That ain't the promised land. We can move over into a new building and be dead as a doornail, okay? The promised land really is the picture of the Bible that the reality that life is tough, there are challenges, there are difficulties, we ain't home yet. We're not in heaven yet, but God can help us be amazingly victorious in the midst of all that turmoil and challenge and hardship. Amen? And I believe that God has done some incredible things in our church family, but I believe that this is one more step closer to that experience in all of our lives. If we had it our way, we might do like many of the Israelites. They were tempted many times. Hey, I would just rather camp out and stay here. Right? We can say, maybe some of us feel that way sometimes. You know what? This is safe, this is comfortable. You know, I know this. I know the parking lot, and, and I know the service times, and, and I know who I sit by, and I kind of have my pattern, and I know how the ministries work, and it's, it's kind of special. You know, and there are stories throughout this facility. Somebody asked me the other day, I said, Robbie, you know, are, are, are you sad to see us leave this building? I'm like, no. No, I'm not. I'm already over there. Okay? Now, I will tell you, I am a little sentimental. I'll tell you, there will be a time. Maybe a couple of them. Probably when the building gets cleared out and I'll walk through. And I'll just think, you know what, that spot right there. No, that spot. I'm not just talking about a spot. That spot right there. Many people's lives have changed. Right there. And over back in that, that corner office, the conversations that I've had, the, the people sharing their hearts, being able to be a part. Right now where you're sitting, little kids have given their life to Jesus during Awana on Sunday nights. Right now where you're sitting on Friday nights, there's a whole youth group full of young people that God is changing their lives. How could we not just say, God, we just got to step back and say, praise you. Thank you. We honor you. We think of you. We're not forgetting the things that you've done. But God, we can't stay at this place. Literally, our lease is running out at the end of this month. Okay? We can't stay here. So even if you want to stay, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. But spiritually, God has some things for us. And not only for us, God has some things for other people's lives through us that He wants us to touch. But I want to think about your life tonight. For some of us, there are other parts of our lives where that's happening as well, isn't it? And you know what? You just got to believe that God is sovereign, that God knows what He's doing. And if God has you related to New Hope Community Church, whether you're here for the first time in your life or whether you've been here for 10 years, that God has you for a reason. And we're talking about what we're talking about for a reason. And maybe is it that God is doing something? Maybe you've been stuck in your life for a while and it's time for you to take the next step to find what God has for you.
that next phase, that moving forward. Don't we have, I mean, we go through seasons, don't we? Aren't there seasons where we're a little bit kind of prepping or we're praying or we're thinking? Sometimes I'm being nice because sometimes it's kind of we're stalled out. We're spinning our wheels or, or we're not moving forward or we're kind of going in circles, much like the Israelites in the world, whatever it is. You know, there are seasons where we kind of go through kind of readjusting and reorienting. For, but for many of us, I believe God wants to say to us, are you ready? Are you listening? As I'm moving you as a group, I'm doing something in your life particularly. Sometimes there comes a time to move forward. But you know what? Change or making a move can be intimidating, can it? It's scary, isn't it? I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting, but, but it can be scary too. And you know, I think certainly it was for Joshua. I can't do that, Lord. That thing Moses did, I can't do what I saw him do, much less do something I never saw him do. Amen? Would you find yourself saying that to the Lord? I can imagine that, that was a little bit scary to go from right-hand man to the man, Okay? He's not the helper anymore. He's like, you know, we're looking to you, buddy. Like us, he needed reassurance. So that's what the Lord said in verses 3 through 6. When you're talking about the beginning of a new day, you need to know that God promises to go with us. Isn't that good news? God's not going to take us anywhere. That He's not going to, first of all, go before us and walk with us. And actually, if you read the Bible, go behind us too to make sure that we're covered on all sides. One of the biggest challenges, is it not true, in our walk with God is that the Bible says our walk with God is by faith and not by sight. (laughs) Don't you hate that? I mean, I fight that. I want it to be sight and then I'll trust you, right? I want to see it. Lord, if you'll just show me, then I'd be glad to say yes. He says, no, that's not how it works. I am worthy of you saying yes. I make you promises. Will you trust me? Look at what he said to Joshua in verses 3 through 6. Amazing. He says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, he's given the parameters, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, the Mediterranean, toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, there it is again, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you shall give this people. That sounds like a promise, doesn't it? You shall, not you might or I'm hoping it may work out. You shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. He says, every place that your feet go, I'm going to give to you, just like I did to Moses. I mean, again, he's reiterating. I know I worked in Moses. You saw all that, but now I'm going to work in you. And somebody said the borders were the Mediterranean Sea on the west, the Euphrates River on the east, the wilderness to Egypt on the south, and Lebanon to the north. And God says no one will stand before you. There's going to be no one, and there's lots of pieces of this, no, no one more prominent, more powerful, more important in terms of leading my work, and no opposition that you face will be too great for you. No one can stand against you. Just like Moses, I'm going to be with you, I will not leave you, and I will give you this land. Can you imagine hearing that from Almighty God? 
Amen. Amen. As we prepare to move forward as a church family, you know, there's probably some questions in some of our minds that somehow what we're doing makes you nervous about it for New Hope. What do I mean by that? Are we going to change? Are we going to become a big church? I don't know if you've seen that building, but it's bigger than this one, right? Okay. So, I mean, you just got people wonder, you know, are we going to become a big church? And if we do, will we still have the same love? Will we still have the same care and concern and family feel? Well, it's certainly possible that we could change for the negative at any point, right? We could do that in this building, right? At any point, if we're not careful, it's certainly possible. I mean, it's not even possible. It's actually inevitable if we don't keep our eyes on the Lord that we will go that way. But that will not happen if we continue to seek to follow God. In fact, listen, friends, this is, this is growth for me. I'm like many of you. I like when I find a groove, I like going with it. Amen? I mean, why, why do I need a new computer? My computer's working, right? Okay, so I kind of have that mindset, and, and, and many times we have that struggle. But listen, God's Word teaches many times growth in and of itself is seen as a negative, but it's not to God. And let me mention it to you in two different ways. First of all, numerical growth. That is not a negative in and of itself to God. In fact, it's a positive. He wants more. He wants more people in heaven. He wants more people in His kingdom. The Bible says in John 3, 16, God so loved not just me. Many times people say, put your name in there. And I should. For God so loved Robbie, right? But it's not just Robbie. For God so loved the world. Every single person that walks upon planet earth, God wants to get the good news. Luke chapter 15. I love that passage. God is so passionate about you and about me. If one of us is missing, he cannot rest. He might have 99. But if one is missing, you that's what the, the point of that, that passage, there's three different stories that are told there. A lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And the point of that is you are so valuable that God would go searching for you if you were the only one. You know, I've shared with you before, there's 60,000 people in a five-mile radius of exit 19. When we get to 59,999, not that come to New Hope, but that we are fairly certain, no Jesus as their Savior, we might think about letting up, but probably not because He would still care about the one. Amen? God cares about every single person in our community, and not just our community, but around the world, which we're going to have an impact on that as well. But it's, it's more than numerical growth. It's also personal growth, spiritual growth. Write those down. Growth, what kind of growth? Numerical growth, God's concerned about, but also spiritual growth. The Bible tells us that it is God's desire. Is God through with you yet? I hope not, amen? I mean, I'm grateful for where I've come from, but I hope I got some more to go, amen? And, and, that's, and that's God in you. God has put a fire in our heart that you know what? We cannot be satisfied until... Now, we'll never get there. Thank God we've got a Savior. Amen? So I've been forgiven. I've been declared righteous even though I don't deserve it. So thank God judicially I've been forgiven and I have a relationship with Him. But really? Me and God both know I ain't there yet. And I ain't happy with it. And I don't think He's happy with it. He wants me to experience more of Him in my life. Write down Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. 
In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 29, I mean, actually, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It says, but speaking the truth in love, we are, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And what that means is, is that God wants us as we, that whole Ephesians 4 is an awesome passage. But what God's saying is God has a desire for this body to grow and to become all that God spiritually wants us to become. He wants us to grow in maturity in Christ's likeness, right down Romans chapter 8, verse 29. The Bible says that God predestined us. God wants us. His purpose for us was to be conformed to the image of His dear Son. He wants me to more and more, we call it sanctification. That's just a big word that means basically He wants me to more and more grow in Christ-likeness. That is God's desire for us. That's not a negative to God. Growing forward has its challenges, but it actually is a great blessing. Think about the numbers thing. More lives touched... More lives changed by the power of Jesus Christ means more people are going to be in heaven one day. I don't ever get tired of hearing that. How about you? Just last night, someone gave their life to Jesus Christ through the ministry of New Hope Community Church. I never get tired. I'm never like, oh, what else we got? You know? I'm like, praise God. Let's do more. Amen. It means more people involved in ministry touching those lives. It means more resources to impact God's work in the world through missions or through ministry. Look at, I'm talking about our youth group. Look at our youth group. Because God grew us to the point that we are able to have our own youth and children's pastor. Thank God. Look at what God's doing in our youth ministry. And that's just, a, that's just an example of, of many ways that we've got good things to look forward to. More ability to get better at what we do. Now, I think about, I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of a small church before, but I've been a part of small churches. In a small church, youth group is basically birth to 25. Okay? If you're going to have a basketball night or, some, or a lock-in or something, everybody 25 and under comes to youth group, okay, in a small church. Well, obviously, 25 is a little old, birth's a little young to be in youth group. So as your church family grows, what do you do? You know, okay, we're going to have 6th grade and under, and then we're going to have 7th grade and up, right? Because that kind of helps to talk about different things that relate to them. But you know what? Even that, if you're, if you're a youth leader, if you're a WANA leader, you're going to say that talking to a 6th grader is a lot different than talking to a preschooler, right? Talking to a 7th grader is a lot different than talking to a 12th grader, right? So while that's good, that's progress, you know what? It's nice to eventually take youth group and become junior high and senior high. And even as we grow, as we develop, then maybe you could have like a seventh grade class. And even I've heard of churches that have grown to the point where now they can have a seventh grade girls class. Okay, the more that happens, and I don't know if we'll ever get to those points, but I'm just saying the more that that happens, the more you can become specific about ministering to the needs of individuals. That comes with growth. The growing spiritually part. What does that mean? How would you like to have less arguments at your house? As you grow, as your spouse grows, as your kids grow, God can do that. Amen? How would you like to have less bondage to poor decisions? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't I like to grow to the point where I'd quit making it so hard on myself? Amen. How'd you like to have more purpose and fulfillment? Hey, get excited. God's going to continue as you grow in Christ. God's going to continue to clarify who you are in Him and His purpose and calling for your life. 
You got to be excited. If you're here like, I don't know, I don't know. I just want to encourage you. You can, you will. Just keep pressing on. Isn't that encouraging? How'd you like to have more impact in the lives of other people? How'd you like to transition from doing so much, you know, emergency room on me, or if we could just stabilize my life a little bit, where I could turn around and go help rescue some others? Amen? That's what spiritual growth does. That's the bigger picture for our church family and a little bit about your life. But I want you to think about that for your life. Are you nervous? As God speaks to you about changes in your life, are you nervous about that? I think we naturally are. There's somebody here tonight that God's speaking to you about receiving Christ as your Savior. That's something that's a little bit scary, isn't it? Turning my life over to God. What does that mean? Where is that going to take me? If I get baptized, what are people going to think? Or, or what are they going to say about that? Or if I get involved, what's that going to require? Or if I give, how are my needs going to be? On and on the questions could go. Whatever point of growth God is calling you to, many times we're nervous about those things. But here's the one thing we really need to know about all that. You ready? Here's all you really need to know. Is God leading us? Did you hear that? That's all you really need to know. Is God leading us? Is God leading me? Is this what God wants me to do? Because if He is, He's promised to lead you and to take care of you and bless you. And I've got to be honest with you, people ask me sometimes, they say, Pastor Robbie, does, does this, what's happened at New Hope, does this surprise you? I mean, does it surprise you what God's done? I don't mean this to sound wrong, but really, no, it doesn't surprise me. God put on my heart that he wanted to touch a lot of people's lives through our church family, and praise God, that's what he's doing. But I do have to tell you something. I did come willing to fail. It was very possible many churches start and don't make it. It was very possible that we would never make it. That we would never go very far. That you guys wouldn't like us or would think we're weird or would never show up or went somewhere else or stayed at home or whatever. It was very possible that you guys would just say, I don't know you, I don't like you, you talk funny and I don't know what you're talking about. Go do your own thing. That was very possible. And we came willing to fail and that wasn't comfortable. I don't do things like that. Okay, it's possible this could be like a a tailspin from 40,000 feet in the air. Uh, Let's try it. I don't do that. Here's what the Lord spoke to me through one of his servants. The safest place for you and your family is to be right in the middle of God's will for your life. I heard someone say the other day, I can't remember who the great... A person of faith was, but someone said, we are immortal until God's work is finished in our lives. Is it Lottie Moon? Okay. So, so uh, until God's done, He's going to take care of me. He's going to protect me. He's going to provide for me. He's going to bless me. He's going to use me. I'm talking about me and you. You have that same confidence. The Lord says, if you will follow me, I will take care of you. I promise you. God has made us some promises, and the question tonight is, will we trust His promises? That leads us to the final thing in verses 7 through 8 of Joshua 1. The two keys to all of this working out. Look at verses 7 and 8. 
The Lord said to Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law, he's talking about the Old Testament. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it, chew on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. Well, if we want to do a message tonight, would you like to have a successful life? We could base it on these verses. The key to it all working out. A new day in my life, a new day in our history is kind of scary, isn't it? How do we know this is going to work out? Isn't that a good question? God told Joshua there are really two things you need to focus on. First of all, write them down. First of all is you need to trust God. Trust God. He says, don't be afraid. Be strong. Have courage. Trust in me. Follow me. Somebody said courage is not the absence of fear. It's choosing to act in spite of your fear. When the Lord said to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, he was saying, I'm calling you, Joshua, to step out in faith. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to back down? Are, are you going to be afraid? Are you going to let your fear override you? Are you going to trust me? Many of us are in favor of God, but the question is, are we a follower of God? Because if you have given your life to God, listen, friends, I'm just being honest with you. If you've given your life to the Lord and somebody say amen for me, He's going to call you to step out in faith. Trusting Him is a key to your success. Be bold. Step out. Trust God. But also, He told him to obey His word. He said, Joshua, you better be careful. You better be careful. You better watch out for something. Now, if God says, we're going on a trip and I'm leading you, and there's something I want you to watch out for. Who's going to say, uh, can you tell me that later, Lord? i got some other things going on. What would you say? <laughs> okay, I want to hear this one, right? Be careful, the Lord says. There are some traps. He says, stand guard, watch. Make sure you don't miss this one to do all that Moses told you. He's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about the Bible that the Lord gave to Moses. He says, don't go to the left of it. Don't go to the right of it. You just stay right on course with what I've told you to do. If you do this, you will be successful as you move forward. Isn't that encouraging? Is somebody signing up for a strong life? I want to tell you something. Listen, when I was 17 years old and my family was falling apart, I said, God, I don't know how to live. I don't know how to be. I don't know what to do. Lord, but your word says that if I trust in you and I follow your word, that no matter what happens in this life, I will be on a solid foundation. And can I just tell you, about 20-something years later, it seems to be right. Kind of, I would say, amen? No, not kind of. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. And write down also 1 Peter 1, verses 24 through 25. In Isaiah 40, verse 8, it says, The grass withers, the flower fades. Hey, those trees we planted today, one day they're going to die. Now, hopefully it's a while from now because they're expensive, all right? But, <laughs> but one day those trees are going to die. It says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God 
long even after that building is gone, the Word of God will stand forever. And it's reiterated again in 1 Peter 1, verses 24 through 25. The first message I ever shared at New Hope Community Church was Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Matthew 7, verse 24. Listen, friend, are you looking for hope, for a foundation, for a, for a sanctuary? Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell. And they have, haven't they? And they will. And the rain fell. And the winds came. And the floods came. And the winds blew and slammed. I like that word because it's really closer to how my life is many times. How about you? Amen. It doesn't just kind of tap, tap on the window. It slams against my house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Isn't that good news? The key for us as a church family is to have an unwavering commitment. God, what do you say? We just want to read it, understand it, and with your help, live it. Amen? I am convinced that one of the primary reasons, now part of it is just in God's sovereign purpose, He decides what He's going to do. And thank God He's given us the privilege of being a part of this. But I am convinced that one of the reasons He's been able to bless New Hope is because of a determination we got to get the word out to people. I ain't talking about promo about New Hope word out. I'm talking about the word of God out. we got to get the word of God out to the people. When we like it, we get it out. And sometimes when we don't like it so much. And it's hard to say we need to get it out. Speaking the truth in love, just like Ephesians 4 said. Listen, I want to give you a warning, New Hope. Pay attention to this. If we ever quit, quit speaking the truth or if we ever quit speaking that truth in love, we're in danger. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I mean, almost literally. I don't know. But I want to tell you this. If we want to know that moving forward, we're going to be okay, then tonight will you together with me say, God, by your grace, we're going to honor your word. Amen. We're going to learn it. We're going to live it. We're going to honor it. We're going to share it. Amen? Amen? If you will say that in your heart tonight, God, I don't know what to do, but as you teach me, I'm going to obey you. Help me, God, by your grace. can't do it on my own. If you will help me, I will obey you. You're going to make it. Your family. Then in verse 9, the Lord reiterates that promise to Joshua. Again, he was probably scared. I can imagine. Can you imagine? Have I not commanded you? Joshua, if you're wondering about this, uh, God's talking to you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We're about to take the next step and move forward. I wonder tonight, is God speaking to you about your part in that? You know, one of the dangers of a growing church is we kind of watch what God's doing and enjoy it from a distance, but we let everybody else be involved. And maybe God would say to you, you know what, I'm going to do my work with or without your involvement, but I created you to be a part of it. Will you join me?
He's got a call on you tonight to join him in his purposes. Isn't it an awesome thing? In my lifetime, I just want to be a part of God's work in this world. Amen? It sounds a little pure. It sounds a little idealistic. But I think it can happen. Just in my lifetime, I just want to see God work. <clears throat> just to have a family. Amen? A church family and to touch other people's lives. Are you a part of that? Is God calling you to be a part of that tonight? What about your life? Has God brought you here for such a time as this? Because He's wanting to do something in you. You know, that's the way God is. He's got it all figured out. He knows He can bring us all forward together and at the same time be doing something in each one of our individual lives, special and unique to us. So, yeah, I can't wait to get that new building. And then I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I can't wait to get over there because it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to get involved. Well, I can't promise you you got the next breath. So what I would say is, as soon as possible, whatever God is calling you to do, let's just do it. I've questioned Him enough. How about you? Let's just do it. And let's just see where that takes us. I think He's trustworthy. How about you? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank You so much for Your Word. I thank you that what we're doing is not anything new under the sun. You've done it before. It might be new to us. But Father, thank you that you've, you've already gone before us. You're with us, and you're going to come up and take up the rear as well. Help us tonight to trust you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.